Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Put that money in bolo pants. All I could think was that money could have been spent on this food that we needed the other day. Damn! Bolo has saved us, everyone. Hello. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's Real Houses of Atlanta, which, for what it's worth, I think it was definitely the best episode of the season, but also maybe one of the best episodes of all time across any franchise. I thought it was so good. There were so many laughs. It was wonderful. Bolo, I want to know more about him. I immediately went on to Instagram, found him on Instagram. I also Googled him. And when you Google him, I just want to give everyone a fair warning. When you Google him, things pop up that you might not be prepared to see. I saw him having sex with a fruit, and I'm not talking about a fruity man. I'm talking about an actual fruit. I don't know if it was a cantaloupe or what it is, but it was was the first thing that popped up on my Google. But you know what? Everyone has a story. Everyone has a story, different as night and day. And that was Bolo's story. I wish we got a confessional from him. That's the only thing I think it was missing but this episode, it was great. They played around with the confessionals a little bit. We had sort of this basic instinct Sharon Stone vibe going where we had the producers the, uh, interviewing the women who were sort of in character and they sort of weren't. And then, as if this episode couldn't get any better, it also had a murder mystery aspect, although I'm not talking about whether or not someone was actually murdered. I'm actually talking about Kenya Moore, who specifically said, uh, this is a direct quote, she's trying to figure out whose pussy got murdered in these sheets. <laughs> so we had that aspect of the show. Uh, it just had a little bit of everything. I thought it was great. And honestly, made me feel good about just the general state of Bravo. I thought, okay, we're sticking with this show which I thought earlier in the season I was ready to give up on it. But then here comes this episode roaring in. And that's why Bravo viewers need to stick with these shows, and we're rewarded when we do. It's not always hard. It's not always easy. But we get through the bad times. And then we get an episode like this. And girls, we did it. Ladies, am I right? We got this episode. And it was everything. Everything. So let's back up a little bit. First, uh, first of all, the very first shot of the episode is Kenya Moore in sort of that Sharon Stone role from Basic Instinct. And she's smoking. She says, you can arrest me for smoking. And at this point in the episode, I know we were very early on, but I was like, uh-oh. This, I was worried because I thought this is going to be a shitty episode. They were doing acting. Like, I don't want to see my housewives doing acting. Okay, I'll turn on uh, the CW, ABC, NBC. I'll turn on one of those networks if I want to see some acting. I turn on Bravo for the realness And even though oftentimes they might be acting, I I want to pretend at least this is a reality show. So the producer says, uh, Miss Moore, what's the definition of a freak hoe? And then Kenya says, someone who will be a hoe for anyone. And then Kenya says, there's not enough holy water in the world to save this house. Someone screwed the stripper, and I want to find out who. So this is when that mystery aspect is set up. But again, very skeptical of the episode because... I don't want them setting it up this much. But then in the end, they won me over and it worked. It worked. 
So then we cut to earlier. Everyone's getting ready while those strippers are in the cages. So we saw the stripper in the cage in the um, in the designer outfits. Although I had to laugh this episode. The first thing that Marlo said when she saw the stripper was like, that's not real designer. <laughs> Leave it to Marlo. She knows. You're not going to pull the wool over Marlo's eyes when it comes to designer clothing. Not going to do it. So uh, the strippers are in the cages. Bolo's in a cage uh, with the PPE on. And Portia is, they're all getting ready in these clothes that Candy provided for them. Portia says she, she all got, they all got tested so they don't need to wear a mask, but then they do ultimately have to wear those face shields. Doesn't make a lick of sense, but we're not going to talk about that right now. We're just going to ignore that the way that Bravo ignores the PPE protocols. And uh, we're going to move on. Meanwhile, Cynthia is in this very plush, luxurious, maybe a terry cloth robe. You know, I love a robe. Nothing better than a plush robe. So Cynthia's on the phone, I think, with Mike Hill. She's talking about how the night is winding down. Meanwhile, everyone else is getting in these outfits, or do we call them costumes? I mean, they certainly weren't just like a traditional outfit. I mean, everyone's, uh, the bubbies were out, the butts were out. They all looked amazing, but they definitely had some risque outfits. Like Portia's nipples were blurred the entire time. I didn't see uh, one uh, frame of Portia without a blurred nipple. And so the outfits were very, they, they were a lot. Everyone looked amazing, but also I'd say maybe a little, a little crazy. Is that I don't want to say crazy, but a little crazy. Um, and they are all trying to surprise Cynthia. So before Cynthia comes down, they all have to hide. They give Cynthia, um, they tell her to come downstairs, and Candy's waiting at the bottom of the stairs with the whip, like fucking Catwoman with the whip or whatever that was. And they call down Cynthia, and all the women, they scatter. They're like, we gotta hide, we gotta hide, because if Cynthia sees ass, she's gonna know. Um, so then Candy says, okay, we're doing a little bachelorette party. They send Cynthia back upstairs to get ready with the new outfit. And then all the women gather in their costumes. And there was a song that played, a transition song, and I just want to say the lyrics. The lyrics were something like, legs, hip, body, body, bitch, give them all I got. Something along those lines. I'm not going to do it uh, in in full voice. but <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. But I did hear that, and I immediately thought, this is a good song, and also a very dirty song, and it sounded like Candy to me. I know Candy's voice, you guys. I've been listening to that voice uh, since uh, you know high school. Don't think I'm not. Of course, then, uh, you know, when she was with the group, I've listened to Escape. I know Candy's voice. That's the point. So I immediately took to Google, and I... I typed in these lyrics. I, got, I was like, I got to figure out what song this is. Did Candy release this widely or was just this uh, transition song that she created? What is it? Well, uh, in my Google search, uh, I found something that was pretty shocking to me, even more shocking than when I Googled uh, Bolo and found him having sex with a cantaloupe. This was very surprising to me. So apparently this was a song from Candy's play, A Mother's Love. <laughs> And the song was by Candy, Portia, and D. Woods from, of course, Danity Kane. And so this song, Legs, Hip, Body, Body, Bitch, Give Them All I Got, that was playing. When these women are getting in their outfits to meet with Bolo, the big dick man, what do we call him? What should we call him? I mean, that's his description, right? He's a big dick man. So that's the song that was playing. And apparently it's from this play called The Mother's Love. And I've never seen A Mother's Love, but now I need to see because I'm thinking, at what point in A Mother's Love are they playing this song about legs, hip, body, bitch, give them all? I got like one. <laughs> when are they playing that? I thought A Mother's Love, the play was about Mama Joyce. I didn't know it was something that could do, you know, could also be uh, available here. 
So the women are all feeling themselves. Of course, they all look amazing. Kenya was especially surprising because she was writhing around on the floor. She was doing a move called, uh, she called the chocolate souffle, where she spread her legs. Now, here's what I was thinking this whole time, because all these women were having so much fun. They looked amazing, but they were dressed scandalous. A lot of blurred bubbies. And I was thinking, could you imagine this scene with Nini and Kim Zolciak? I couldn't imagine it. I couldn't imagine it. And I've been saying, I think we need to get some of those OGs back. But this was a particular episode. I was like, I could not picture Nini here. I could not picture Kim Zolciak. I could sort of see Sheree having some fun. Uh, but we remember last time when we had the stripper, when Phaedra uh, booked this. What was that other stripper's name? The other one with the big dong? <laughs> what was the other one on Atlanta with the big dong? Um, Phaedra booked. And remember, Nini got like upset about it. She didn't want to see. I think that stripper was like sucking himself off. Remember? Um, wow. We've been through a lot on this show. We have been through a lot. What a show. What a show for the ages. Anyway, I couldn't picture some of the OGs here. Definitely couldn't picture Lisa Will. <laughs> I miss Lisa Will. I do. Um, anyway, it was really great, though, when uh, before they kind of got into the mess of the bolo of it all, Candy did make Cynthia put on uh, vibrating panties. So Shamia had to go when Cynthia was getting ready and literally stuff the vibrator into Cynthia's panties. And when Cynthia did come down and they all met, it was also funny, Portia said... Um, what did Portia? Oh, Portia said, I always knew Cynthia had a wagon. <laughs> I love that. Um, but it was funny to me that they just had to put the um, the vibrator into Cynthia's panties. And then Candy had the remote control. So she was buzzing Cynthia's Miranda Bailey whenever she wanted to. And that was an interesting thing to me. And I really liked it. And I think that was part of uh, the bedroom candy collection which I'm immediately going to go Google as soon as we're done here. i got to look at those those products because I'm interested. I'm interested. Now, Portia was familiar with Bolo's work. Uh, again, when he arrived, they brought him inside, and they were so excited. And I was too. I was like literally sweating. I was sweating when Bolo entered the room, and he was like still fully clothed. He was in like those tight black pants. And we could see the, the uh, big thing. And it was impressive. I think at one point they even had to blur that out, even though he was wearing full pants. Like, Brava was like, okay, this is too explicit, even though he's wearing full pants. Like, you couldn't actually see anything, but they had to blur it because it was so aggressive. They were like, everyone's eyes can't handle it right now. We need to blur it. So they blurred it. Um, but they were all so excited. Uh, then we cut to Cynthia's new confessional talking about Bolo. Uh, Candy makes everyone sit down and wear the face shields before Bolo starts the dance. And this is when he starts the dance. They all have money. Candy also gave them money to make it rain on Bolo's thing. And Cynthia, Cynthia gave $4. Cynthia, the bride-to-be, this is her party. She got a stack of monies. Stack of monies. And Cynthia, she didn't even put it in like Bolo's tights or anything. She just sat it down on the table very respectfully, just sat Four dollars on the table in front of Bolo, and she said she's budget conscious, and so she just gave the four dollars. And you know what? To be honest, she is planning a two hundred fifty person indoor wedding in the midst of a pandemic, so maybe I understand why she's budget conscious. She's got a wedding to do. She's got a wedding, so she's going to save some of that stack of money. She don't even give to Bolo. Uh, Kenya, meanwhile, gives the money, and Shamia, as we heard in the clip earlier, Shamia says Kenya's money should have went to food. You know, they're all still pissed about those crab cakes still. Those crab cakes, not happy about it. Not happy. So then 
this episode, it seems like this whole thing is winding down. And I was thinking in my head, that was quick. It was kind of quick, you know, because they were leading up to the stripper party for so long. I thought, that's it. We were only maybe 10 minutes into the episode. Boy, was I wrong. I was so wrong because they were just winding down so that they could take the cameras away. They decided to take a break. Bolo goes to the room and they put Cynthia in a sex swing for a minute. And while she was in the sex swing, Kenya was trying to get attention from the camera crew by withering around on the floor again. And Portia said, I don't know if she said this in her confessional um, or if she just said it uh, in the scene when Kenya was withering around on the floor. She said, I keep seeing her uterus. And Portia, <laughs> Portia just wanted Bolo. She didn't want to see Kenya's uterus. So Portia decides to go get Bolo. And he says he'll come back out, but he didn't want to do it with the cameras there. So the producers say, okay, we're going to wind down. We'll unmike you, demic you. And it's 12.45 a.m. Now, here's the thing. I was thinking about producers. Do you think they knew that they had cameras all throughout the house? They must have. Because they kind of gave in way too quickly. Producers like, okay, we'll leave. No big deal. We're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to demic you. And I thought in my head, they know what they're doing. They know they have cameras around the house. I felt like they probably stashed some mics under the couches. But then there's that whole question of like, was that appropriate? Was it appropriate for producers to keep the cameras up knowing that they were going to use this footage? But they weren't, um, they weren't able to fully bamboozle the cast because the cast knew they needed to cover up those other cameras. Candy says it was a group consensus to cut the cameras. You guys, I have some, I don't even know how I feel about this. First of all, they're on a reality show. They're on a vacation on a reality show. They do know that they're being filmed. And I don't like them trying to hide or control the narrative. At the same time, this show is run a little bit differently than the real world. So these women aren't expected to be filmed at every given moment. So I don't know, were they bamboozled? Was it appropriate for production to bamboozle them? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But ultimately, the uh, the gals, they weren't able to cover up every camera. There was like one that was in another room and like maybe the kitchen that caught some of the footage through the window. And Portia, it got a lot of audio. We heard Portia say, somebody's eating me tonight. And then after she said that, we cut to the next morning. And I thought, okay, we're done. We must be done now. So at this point, I did feel satisfied in the episode, but I still was just thinking we were moving on. I didn't think we were still going to get more footage. So we wake up the next morning. Everyone's a mess. Marlo was meditating on her phone. Marlo was meditating. And then we get the backtrack footage. So that's when we rewind the footage even further. We get more of it. We see Latoya and Portia making out and grinding on each other. We hear uh, Portia was picked up by some microphone saying, now I'm a lesbian. We hear a lot of Shamia saying, Bolo! Did you, that was my favorite. That was my favorite soundbite they got from the night before. It was just like Shamia saying, Bolo! Bolo! She was having some fun. Shamia, I'm loving Shamia. Loving Shamia. Give Shamia a peach. Give Shamia a peach and Bolo's dong because I was happy for her. She seemed, Bolo! Bolo. Then Drew, Drew, who now I'm in love with. Okay, I was kind of on the fence with Drew before. Didn't like the husband. Once we got her away from the husband, now I love Drew. She got pinned by Bolo, apparently, on a coffee table, allegedly. And she had such a good attitude about it. Because she is with this guy, Ralph. I was expecting her to get in a confessional, maybe try to deny what happened, or maybe try to downplay it. She's like, yeah, I got pinned by him on the table. I love that side of Drew. 
real sex positive. We're sex positive here on this show. So I'm happy for all the ladies for getting the dong or making out with each other, whatever they want to do. I'm happy about whatever makes them happy. And I want them all to be happy. And especially Portia. I was more happy than ever about Portia because she's been with that dentist. I wish Kenya would have maybe like had some more fun. I know Kenya had the baby there. It would have been hard for her to just be getting pinned on the table by Bolo. But I wish, you know, Brooklyn was asleep. I wish Kenya would have just gotten pinned by him on the coffee table because she's with that other guy who's an asshole, Mark. I want Kenya to get pinned. I do. But I was happy for Portia. Alleged, Portia, I think, Portia was the one who was with Bolo, right? Like, that's what I think they were leading us to believe. They didn't outright say this episode. And we do know that Portia declined to be interviewed in the Sharon Stone style that they were doing. But I believe that it was Portia and Tanya, right, that were that were doing the hookup with Bolo. That's what I was led to believe. But Portia just decided not to. But, it, you know, it, good for her. Good for her. And we do see Portia making out with Latoya. And I'm happy that she's getting some because Dennis, the hot dog king, ain't going to give her a, a dog that's as big as Bolo's. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. That rim shot is so annoying, you guys. I'm sorry. I keep doing it. I can't help it. I'm just alive right now, you guys, from this episode. So then Bolo, oh, it was also revealed that they did like a group hugs with Bolo at 5 a.m. They said group hugs. I was like, what did that mean? They talking about group sex? Did they do an orgy? If they did, it's good for them. But Bolo left the house 7 a.m. 7 a.m. Now the girls, they have to split up and they're supposed to go fishing. They're supposed to go fishing, although half of them thought they were going on a yacht. And then when it was revealed that they weren't going on a yacht, Marlo's like, we're going on a fishing boat? <laughs> that was funny. But half the girls don't go because they're too tired and hungover. Also, they showed us a close-up of just like a half a slice of bread, and it was making me laugh. Like, did they just decide to like make sandwiches the night before? Um, How many sandwiches have you made for me? <laughs> How many sandwiches did they have? Because there was just a close-up of a slice of bread. Um but half the girls go on this fishing uh, trip. Candy, she's keeping quiet about what happened the night before. So I don't believe that Candy was really doing anything bad. I think she was just overseeing it all. But I love that Candy is very loyal and she kept her mouth shut. She wouldn't tell producers anything in the confessional. She also wasn't playing this game that Kenya was trying to figure out all the information from the night before. But Candy was not having it. And Candy ultimately said that everyone should have had to sign an NDA because now... Candy knows that the information's going to come out. So then we see Kenya in that Sharon Stone confessional again. And at this point, Kenya just did the unless and uncrossing of the legs, you know, in the same way that Sharon Stone did in Basic Instinct. And that was a step too far. I thought we didn't need to see that. We just, <laughs> I'm sex positive here. It wasn't the fact that she was uncrossing her legs. It was the fact that we were just having Kenya. At this point, we were just watching her redo a scene as if she was on TikTok. She was just like lip syncing a scene like on TikTok. I was like, we don't need to see Kenya recreating that scene. I'm sorry. So Cynthia says in her confession that she enjoyed the girl-on-girl action. And then she also said, uh, this is a direct quote from Cynthia. She said, a titty might have fell in someone's mouth. And you guys, that's when I put my monocle on and I thought, we need to figure this out. We do need to figure this out. The moment that Cynthia said, uh, the titty fell in someone's mouth, I was like, the murder mystery has started. You need to know whose titty was it. Whose titty did it? And that's when Kenya really gets into the uh, heart of it all. Meanwhile, all these women, they were real bright-eyed and bushy-tailed for people who were up to like 5 a.m. with a man with a big dog named Bolo. 
Like, how were they up and wide awake, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed? I don't even know how anyone was alive at this point. But they were all maybe still drunk from the night before, I guess. Um, but definitely this is the best murder mystery on TV. Oxygen Channel has nothing on this episode of The Real Houses of Atlanta. Uh, LaToya, as Kenya's trying to figure out who was uh, banged by Bolo, whose pussy got murdered in the sheets, LaToya reveals that she was on Insta at 6 a.m. So we know that it wasn't her. Bolo left at 7 a.m., Latoya posted on Instagram at 6 a.m. She would have uh, had Bolo in the sh- in the frame of Instagram if she was in bed with him. We would have saw Bolo's dong uh, in the frame because it wouldn't have been able to escape the frame. It was so big, like another arm. Anyway, uh, I okay. So Portia goes on the uh, on the yacht, not the non yacht, the fishing boat. When she went on, Portia said in her confessional, "I thought I was going on a yacht. I didn't know I was going on a speedboat to catch Nemo." <laughs> Tanya, meanwhile, stays back at the house. She goes down by the pool, and that's when Kenya is like questioning everyone and saying, like, did you do this? Or when were you awake? When did you go to sleep? And Tanya did seem a little bit guilty to me. Which, again, no problem. If Tanya wants to go do whatever she wants to do, let her go do it. We're sex positive here. If Tanya wanted to hook up with someone, and as long as it's okay in her life and her marriage, who are we to judge? But she just did seem... I don't know. I was like reading body language. She didn't want to talk about it, which why would she? Also, I think I, I think I'm also looking into Tanya because I think I read that she doesn't film at the end of the season. Like she backs out. So now I'm looking for all the signs. I'm like, was she guilty there? I don't know. Candy knows, but won't tell again. Uh, then meanwhile, at the fishing boat, Marlo catched a, a shark. She caught a, a shark and it was like pure chaos. This moment on the fishing boat when Marlo was catching the shark. Honestly, that would have been enough for a whole episode for me. Whole episode, the camera was like going, it was pure chaos when she was trying to reel in that shark. And Marla's like, I'm going to get his ass. And she's talking about the shark she was catching. She caught the fucking shark. I couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. That would have been enough for a whole episode. But instead, uh, or in addition to that, we also got all this other stuff going on. I mean, what a perfect episode. So Marlo caught the shark's ass. They let it back into the ocean. Then the boat party gets back to the house. And Candy immediately says to the women who stayed behind, she said, do you guys get us some food? That's can- the first words out of Candy's mouth. She don't care about who uh, whose uh, pussy got murdered in the sheets. Excuse the language. That was a direct quote again. Just want to say that. Um, but Candy don't care about that. She wants to know, what are we having to eat? What are we having to eat? And she said, she's, oh, we've always been having issues with food. They ultimately decide to do a crab boil. Marlo has to take over because uh, Latoya doesn't know how to do crab boil. <laughs> Latoya, excuse me, I can't talk. I'm getting too excited. Latoya didn't know how to do the crab boil. Uh, then, let's see, Kenya says, oh, Kenya says that she was awake early in the morning, so she heard some women in the room together. She thinks it was Portia Bolo and someone. Kenya's, I mean, honestly, I know people don't like Kenya, but I, I think Kenya, if we didn't have her, this whole thing would have just been ended. The women would have just zipped their lips. No one would have been trying to find out any information. Uh, but Kenya and Marlo then talk, and this was such a, a, a raw conversation, I thought. They were talking about how they always do digs at each other, and Kenya said she held on to what Marlo said about her mom uh, a few seasons ago, and what she said about the baby, and Marlo did go below the belt. They showed the footage, they rolled it back, but Marlo ultimately apologized to Kenya, and then Kenya apologized to Marlo. They made up. I love this duo. I want them to get along. Um, they all then go to dinner, and 
You guys, it was interesting at dinner when when Marlo and Kenya came back uh, down to dinner with each other. Portia was already mad at Kenya. Because Portia says, look, Kenya shouldn't be going around trying to figure out more information about this bachelorette party. She should have just zipped her lips. So Portia's pissed because now she's heard that Kenya thinks that Portia hooked up with Polo. And uh, Portia says it's none of her business. So then when uh, Kenya and Marlo arrive for this meal, they decide to say grace, and Portia's not having it. Portia refuses. And then uh, on the screen, it says to be continued. And a music cue comes on that uh, is just, Jesus, take me to the higher ground. And that's how it ends. That's how it ends. Jesus, take me to the higher ground. It ends, you guys. On it to be continued, I wanted more. This episode is supersized, and I still wanted a little bit more. What a perfect episode of television, you guys. We've been blessed. We have been blessed. So that's The Real Houses Atlanta. You guys, shall we dive in to Summer House? Actually, before we do, let me just get this stuff out of the way. Uh, follow me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. We have merch available at everythingiconic.store. And if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash everythingiconic. You could donate $4 more per month. I get uh, give you access to the bonus episodes where I do one a month over there. So Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash everythingiconic. Guys, I'm sorry to say that every week on the show, but I got to say it. Got to pay the bills, keep the lights on. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay, so let's uh, let's head into Summer House, shall we? Ah, oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills 
and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire, and you get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. How many sandwiches have you made for me? <laughs> Lindsay Hubbard, you guys, the national treasure. Love her so much. All she wants is someone to make her a sandwich. Stephen, want to make her one fucking sandwich. That's all he had to do was make her a sandwich. He's asking her to make her all, all the sandwiches in the world. And this man, although I do feel for him a little bit. Let's get to them in a second. First, I got to say, we didn't talk last week on the show about Luke's wood table. Now, Luke, who I've been, let's say, lukewarm about, no pun intended, uh, he has... <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the last time I used the rim shot this episode. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, so he's uh, fancied himself a woodworker and a jewelry maker. And he decided, while all the other uh, cast members are working in their offices on their home computers, Luke is going to be working on this wood table that, I'm sorry, it does not look very stable. He made it last week. He was showing his parents on the phone. And the dad, even on the phone, was like, um, you need to put something in the middle there. This is going to fall apart. I mean, it was just so funny to me because Luke, I think, fancies himself as like this Renaissance man, you know, gorgeous man, gorgeous male model, right? But he thinks he's, I don't know, like uh, some Renaissance man, like, he, like Bob Vila or something. I don't know. That's a bad example. The only other example that came into my head is Al from Home Improvement. <laughs> That's the only one I could think of in my head. Al, remember Home Improvement with Tim Allen? <laughs> the whole fucking show is just Tim Allen making those noises. Anyway, uh, Luke thinks he's like some woodworker. And quite frankly, that table just did not look stable at all. Um, and Luke, they're really doing him dirty in the edit because they keep showing him. And I'll be honest, I can't see it one more time when they show him farting. I talked about it last week on the show, but they showed it again this week. There's just like some sort of transition where we just cut, uh, you know how they do those transitions where we see everyone in their room, like getting dressed or winding down for the night. Every time they go to Luke's room, he's just like, and it's like, I don't need to see this beautiful man farting. I mean, really, I don't want to see anyone farting on these shows. I'm sorry. I don't need to hear someone farting. It's just not interesting to me. Um, but he, they do keep showing it. They do keep showing it. And a lot of people have mentioned, I mean, Luke, we've said it before. He's a fuck boy. And we're seeing it more and more and more on the show. But I did mention last week that I kind of feel like it's all a bizarre storyline, this triangle between Sierra and Hannah and Hannah being so upset because not because I don't think Luke is manipulative and manipulating Hannah in a way. But it's because we know, uh, and if you follow the blogs or follow these people on social media or anything, we know that Hannah had another boyfriend. And I think that the fact that she had another boyfriend going into this house, the thing that's really uh, confusing me about the whole thing is that they don't just mention on the show uh, Hannah saying, I actually started dating someone before we got in the house. They're trying to hide it from us. And they're doing that purposely to really ramp up the drama between Hannah, Luke, and Sierra. They are doing that purposely. And I don't even know if it's Hannah's fault or Luke's fault because they probably mention it and they decided to edit it out so that it's heightened for television. I get that. You got to make a good TV show. 
But for those of us who follow the social media and the blogs and stuff, I'm sorry, we're not buying it. We're not buying what you're selling. So uh, that's where I run into an issue with the Luke Hanna Sierra thing. Also, Sierra doesn't even want to be involved. I don't even think Sierra wants to be involved in the show, to be quite honest. She said at one point in the confessional, she's like, I'm boring. She said, and it, was, it wasn't those exact words, forgive me. But she said something like, I just want to sit around. Like, And I get that. I relate to that on a deep level. Um, but they're making her sort of into this triangle. And I'm like, Sierra don't even give a fuck about this triangle. I don't think she wants to be in this house, let alone this triangle. She just wants to sit out in the sun and enjoy her summer. And then she's got to deal with this triangle that she's been put in, the sandwich, if you will. And again, Lindsay Hubbard, all about the sandwich. Here's the thing with Stephen. Now, I understand where Hubbard's coming from. She's saying, you're asking me to do all this stuff while you're working. Uh, why don't you come and give me any attention or do something for me? But I also th- don't think Stephen should be in this house. I don't think he wants to be there. I think he was bamboozled into being there. I think Lindsay started dating this man. And look, they she either had to go away for the summer and never see this man, who she's in a serious relationship with, which would not only maybe be frustrating for her as a person, but I think it would also be frustrating for producers to have Lindsay, a not single woman in this house, without the person she was dating. It might reduce her storyline a little bit, so maybe that was a factor. So I think for a multitude of reasons, this man had to join her in the house. But I don't think he's someone who maybe wants to be on television. He's just trying to do his job in that little corner office. I feel bad for him in that little corner office where it's seemingly they can't fit a camera in that room. So doesn't it seem like we always just see him through a mirror? Is anyone else feeling that way? I'm like, does he just exist in this mirror? Like, what the fuck is going Mirror, mirror on the wall. Like, why is Steven only showing you? It seems like he's just only in that mirror. They can't get one camera in that room that he's sitting in that computer room. And you know he just doesn't want to be on the show. He's not interested. Every time they're doing like a dinner or something, he's like, I got to work. And it's like Saturday night at 11 p.m. And they're like, what, what do you mean you got to work? So I get why Lindsay's pissed. He's never around. But also, why is he even there? That space should have been filled with someone else. I'm starting to think that some of these people are being aged out of the cast. I am. I don't think that we need them. We need some younger, messier people. And I'm also having trouble with the show right now because, yes, we've sort of gone away from the initial blueprint of the program. Initially, the show is about these people coming there for the weekend. So we'd only see them there on the weekend when they'd get drunk and messy, and all of that. And now we're having to spend so much time with them during the week where they're doing their jobs, which is great. uh, Respectable, even. But it's a different show now. So I got to get adjusted. We're only on episode three. I'm still not adjusted. I'm feeling it bizarre when we see them working at their computers for so long. It was weird to me this week. They went to bed at like 11 o'clock. I'm like, this doesn't seem like the same show. We're in a new show. And I know, here I was. Here I was in my podcast saying how excited I was for this show because I thought it was made for COVID times because now we just lock them in a house and see what happens. But I don't know. Maybe I just need to adjust my expectations. But watching them go to bed early uh, after working a full day, I'm like, do I want to watch this? I don't know if I need to see Danielle working at her computer. There was like a whole montage where Danielle was working. And she's like, I'm going to go take my lunch break. And she's went in a hot tub alone. It was like fucking 10 minutes. I'm like, what do I need to watch this for? Danielle's not even interesting when she's, when she's with the group, let alone I'm going to watch uh, Danielle work on her computer. Who wants to see that? Certainly not I. Not me. Um, but we did a whole 10 minutes of the show. 
We're watching Kyle and Amanda do the lover boy work. They were just watching them fill orders. Fill orders. As if I was at a fucking, the USPS. I thought I was at the post office just watching Amanda put in uh, orders that she was shipping out. I don't need to see that. I'm not interested in that in my real life, let alone watching someone who I don't even like. You guys know I feel about Amanda. I don't even care for Amanda. And I got to watch her fill orders. What the fuck is that? What are they doing? Do I want to watch that? No, I do not. Bravo. I don't know what they're thinking right now. Maybe they should cut down the episode order and just show us the interesting stuff. Just cut it down. I don't need to see them working. I'm sorry. I'm working in pandemic. Uh, and then Carl, speaking of aging out of the show, Carl, who's sober this season, and I'm so glad he's got his life together, but we're watching him make a bed. I, I make my bed, and I, I, that's an interesting conversation we can all have. I think it's important to make your bed every day. The only time you can tell when I'm hungover, which is where I don't, I haven't really been drinking much at all, uh, you know, this past year, but if I'm really hungover, that's the only day that I don't make my bed. Otherwise, I wake up every morning. It's the first thing I do. I don't feel like the day can start until you make it. So I did agree and love that Carl said that on national television. Um, Meanwhile, Sierra's bed, which we'll talk about in a second, um, a different story. But Carl, I get, I want him to be sober and he's the best version of himself and I'm loving him this season. But is is he interesting TV? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So let's talk about Sierra's bed. For about 10 minutes. Um, Sierra's bed, you guys, is shocking to me. There was so much stuff on it. And I understand she's a nurse. She said, you know, I spend all my time. It's been COVID. I've been at the nurse or at the hospital working and I'm doing the modeling. And now I finally have a summer break. She's like, I'm going to enjoy it. So I get the fact that she doesn't want to be like doing chores all day. But that bed, you guys, you guys, when I saw that bed, there was so much stuff and there was clothes everywhere and she slept right in it. She didn't even really like move the clothes to the other side of the bed. One of the sides of the bed seemed more empty than the other one she slept in, but she just slept underneath all that shit. I was like, girl, you need to move this stuff out of the bed. It's too much junk. I couldn't, if I had to live with someone like that, mm-mm. I mean, like sharing a bed, like if my boyfriend did that, uh-uh, mm-mm. They're also introducing, speaking of Carl and Sierra, they're introducing us to this idea that Carl's into Sierra. I don't know. They could be a good couple, but I also don't think they'd be like an explosive couple. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if I'd see a lot of like interesting storylines in this couple, but they are introducing us. And I want someone good for Carl that's going to keep him grounded and calm and chill. And Sierra, I think, would be good for him in that way because Sierra's not like some wild, uh, big drinker or anything like that so far as we, what we've seen. So I think this type of person might be good for Carl, especially in this new life that we have. Um, you know, doesn't this group, though, seem sort of random right now? I'm feeling like I don't know if it's the aging out of the show thing or if they just feel sort of cobbled together at this point. But something about this cast isn't clicking. It feels like maybe they all shouldn't be in the house together. I don't know. I think Kyle and Amanda, like, they're about to get married. I don't know that they need to be in the house. And I know that uh, Kyle's a fan favorite and Amanda's there. But I don't know that we really are going to get much from them this season. Maybe, I mean, in the preview, we do see Kyle getting drunk and getting a little nuts. But I don't know. I don't know. We need to throw some firecrackers in there. Lindsay Hubbard can't carry this whole show on her on her own. I mean, she got activated about the sandwiches, but what? how much can she do? How much can one woman do? And then, again, the Hannah Luke stuff is ringing false to me. Uh, and then Paige, her boyfriend's not even there. I'm not 
Paige is gorgeous, don't get me wrong, but what, what are we getting from her storyline-wise? I'm just not sure where we're getting from any of these people storyline-wise. Someone needs Something needs to happen. I don't know. I, maybe I'm being too hard on these people, but what are we watching? I can only watch so much footage of Danielle taking her lunch break and going in a hot tub for 20 minutes and then going back to work. That That's only going to do it for so long for me, Bravo, so you better step it up. Okay, I'm being I'm being critical and hard on you guys because I care. This is a show I care very deeply about. And for two seasons now, I've been telling everyone, Summer House is so good, you gotta watch it for two seasons. And now they're giving us this. They're giving us this. After all that I've uh, told people to tune in, I'm getting messages left and right now, DMs, people saying, you told me Summer House was good, and I'm like, I'm sorry. It was. It was. For two seasons, it was great. I'm not talking about two seasons with the twins. Nope. Those were bad. I'm talking about the last two seasons of this show were great television. And I told everyone who would listen, you got to watch. And now people are watching and they're saying, Danny, how dare you? How could you? And I'm thinking, it's not my fault. It's their fault. I hate to play, uh, uh, place blame. But maybe we need to refresh the cast. Maybe we need to do, I don't know, bring in new people. Maybe there should have been more people in this house. They're all stuck in there. Maybe we should have brought in another rando. And now, I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so, luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high-quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture, so the easier the better for me. Now, Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Guys, we got to talk about this winter house. Did you hear about this? Which I mentioned on the show. I don't know. You guys, those of you who listen to the podcast know I mentioned a, a couple months back because I did hear rumblings about it. And I pretended like I pretended like it was just a suggestion, but I had heard rumblings and I didn't want to outright tell you guys, but you know I mentioned it on the show. Um, but they're doing this in the casting so far, as it was confirmed, seems so weird to me. It's Paige and Amanda. Uh, Kyle, who else? Uh, Austin and Craig. <sighs> Austin and Craig from Southern Charm. 
Austin and Craig from Southern Charm. You guys, that's who they're putting in the winter house. They're getting another show. Austin and Craig from Southern Charm are getting a second show. <sighs> guys, they're getting a second show. I, I don't even know what to say. I have no words. Austin and Craig from Southern Charm are getting a second show on this network. A second show on a network for Austin and Craig. Maybe we don't need two shows with Austin and Craig on the network. Bravo. And then they wonder why the ratings go down. It's because Austin and Craig are getting two shows. It's like that time they gave Shep a second show. Remember? The worst show in Bravo history. For what it's worth, that what was it called? Shep? Relationship? <sighs> and now, after this past season of Southern Charm, which can only be described as a flop, they did, they did knock it out of the park at the reunion, I will say that. But now they looked at that season and thought, let's give two of them a second show. Is that really what happened over in the, those offices? I love the Bravo executives. Excuse me. If any of them are listening, you know I love you. But I just don't understand. I just don't get it. Winter House. And then they looked at Summer House and they thought, you know who needs to be on a second show? Amanda and Kyle and Paige. What? Are they even watching these shows? Are they even looking at the footage? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that was so critical of me. Now They're never going to give me a show now because I just rude to them. But I'm just saying. Somebody's got to say it. Somebody's got to say it. Um, so Winter House will be coming. I guess they're filming it soon. Maybe they'll all step it up and it'll be good. But doubted. <laughs> That's mean of me. Maybe it'll be good. Let's go into it with good, um, with good vibes. And let's hope for the best. Hope for the best. That's the show for today. Oh, one more thing I want to mention. We talked about Winter House. They're also, uh, they finally announced they're bringing out back the Real Houses of Miami. So it was like rumored for a while. I had heard rumblings and now it's still in development. Um, but I'm really hopeful about it. There's a lot of things I'm hopeful about it. Number one, it's going to be on the Peacock network, the Peacock app streamer. Um, and I'm hopeful for that because A, I think they could do uncensored versions there. I think. Because streamers, you know, you can put whatever you want on there. They don't have to follow the guidelines of, like, censoring shows. So we might be able to hear swear words, which excites me. Number two, I'm hopeful and thinking maybe they'll experiment with the uh, release a little bit. So you know on streamers on Netflix and stuff how they release a whole season at once. I'm hopeful and excited that maybe they'll do that with this. Because I would love, wouldn't you love over, like, the holidays, if they released a full season of The Real House of Miami and you got to watch the whole season? I think that would be really fun. Netflix does that with like Selling Sunset and their reality shows. Now, it would have to change the production of a little bit because on Housewives Now, they film the confessionals like still as the seasons are airing sometimes. So sometimes the seasons aren't wrapped. But I, so they'd have to change that around a little bit. But I would love that if they did that. Even if they didn't, I'll still be excited about this. Um, also, the casting. Now, it's been rumored, all these people are rumored. I actually think it'll be mostly new people. Um, I know they're still casting, but I believe them to be looking for mostly new people. So I'm confident. I think they may, I might have one or two of the original cast members. And maybe some of the other original cast members might float in or out or like be a friend of or something like that. But I do think they'll mostly go with new cast members, which I'm excited about because I think Miami is a very exciting place. And we'll get some diversity, hopefully. And I don't know. I, I'm feeling good about it. I also think they had so much time to reflect. It's with the same production company that did the original, which the original Real House of Miami, season two is where it's at. 
Season one was eh. Season three, it went downhill fast, but season two is one of the best seasons of all time. So if you do decide to binge, just know that season two is the good one. Um, and I think that the production company was hopefully able to look back and say, oh my God, this is, uh, where we, where it was good. This is where it was bad. Also, the production company is the same one that does Married to Medicine. Now, Married to Medicine has been one of the consistently greatest shows on Bravo. If you haven't watched it, the new season's starting soon. So, uh, with all that in mind, they know how to make a good show now because they've been making Married to Medicine for a hundred years now. So I'm so confident in this reboot of Miami. I think it's going to be really good. And I think we, I mean, more than Winter House, I think we should go into it optimistically um, because I think it'll be good. So that's all the show for today, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I have some uh, great guests coming up on the show. So stay tuned, subscribe uh, on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen. Thank you so much for everyone who's been reaching out with kind words and posts on the on Instagram and everything that they're listening to the show. I, I really appreciate you guys so much. So let's do our little cheesy cool down to relax a little bit. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in and hold it and just try to think of something you're grateful for. Just be uh, something you're grateful for and breathe out. I love you guys so much. And during these times, it's hard sometimes to find something that's uh, you're grateful for. But hopefully you thought of something and um, hopefully you thought of a few things. But uh, I'm grateful for you guys. Sending love to you all. Stay safe. And uh, we'll talk soon. Bye-bye.